Our doctor is in, and so are the doctors of Capital Health. Welcome to the all-new Health 411. Every Sunday morning at 10, Dr. Jonathan Karp, along with our respected panel of guests from Capital Health, take you on an important medical journey to help you navigate your health and the healthcare system. To reach your destination, good health. Health 411 is underwritten by Capital Health. Minds advancing medicine. Capital Health is the region's leader in providing progressive quality patient care with exceptional physicians, nurses, and staff, as well as advanced technology. 107.7 The Bronx and 107.7 The Bronx. Com, proudly nominated for National Association of Broadcasters um, Marconi Award for the best college radio station for the past four years, as well as the winner of the 2023 IBS College Media Award for universities under 10,000 students. We are broadcasting from the Bronx All Digital Studios on the campus of Ryder University in Lawrenceville, New Jersey. Welcome to Health 411. I'm your host, Professor Jonathan Karp. This Health 411 program is presented by Capital Health. In Health 411, we discuss a variety of issues affecting health and wellness, public health, healthcare policy, and the science of health and healthcare. Our goal is to expand your knowledge and perspective to give you something to think about and talk about. Today, I am joined in the studio by our student producer, Josh Brewer. And we are going to talk about monocytes and alcohol. Um, and we welcome you to listen in our conversation. Welcome to the program, Josh. I oh, appreciate it. Thank right. you. And so this topic was spurred on by a paper that I saw recently um, in, a, in a, a journal called Stem Cell Reports. Um, and the title of the article is Integrated Single Cell Analysis Shows Chronic Alcohol Drinking Disrupts Monocyte Differentiation in the Bone Marrow. Um, and that's not supposed to mean a lot to a lot of people. And it's the details of this paper um, are not what made me think about this. Um, what made me think about talking about this program on Health 411 is the idea that what alcohol might be doing to the body. Now you've heard, of, and when we're talking about alcohol, we're talking about beer, wine, stuff like that. Correct, you've heard about all those things, right Josh? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, you've heard about them. And when you hear about alcohol, what do you usually hear about um, the effects of alcohol? I think inflammation would probably be the biggest buzzword. Well, that's not what people think about um, read the paper, but that's, that's where we're going. But normally when people think about alcohol, what do people think about? What is alcohol? Why is alcohol so um, ubiquitous in our society and a lot of other societies? Yeah, I mean, it's um, historically sort of that social lubricant. I mean, people... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So alcohol is a drug, and this is a particular drug has the ability to change behavior. Um, and alcohol um, has a very long history. Some people think that the ability to ferment and produce alcohol is at the sort of the root of modern civilization. Uh, when, when humans stopped being nomadic, uh, they probably wanted to stay where the fermenting vats were. So they had like um, alcohol, right, sure. which is produced by yeast and stuff. So alcohol is, and it's, it's actually integrated into some religions. Alcohol has this huge thing. Um, the effects of alcohol are very, very widespread, and we don't have to go into all of them. But it, it is, it, it can be sort of what you call what you, a social lubricant. Mm -hmm. um, but alcohol is a great drug because of these, these dose-dependent effects on one one side, you sort of have this release, uh, release of tension, release of anxiety, social lubricant. It gets people who don't talk talking. Um, on the other side, if you drink enough of it, what happens? Uh, fainting at a certain point. Well, you can so, pass out, yeah. but you can also die. True. 
right? You can take an alcohol overdose as one of these things. And that sort of comes from acute exposure to alcohol. Um, alcohol is also a problem in many regards, is it not? Oh, absolutely. How is alcohol a problem? Um, I mean, chronic inflammation, of course. Uh, well, you're jumping ahead. We're getting the there. Longer We're going to talk about what side, that means. Because one of the things we want to talk about is what does, it, what does chronic inflammation mean? Sure. But when In the mo- short term, when most car people, yeah, your car when, yeah. when most people are drinking alcohol, they're not thinking about, you know, what you, you keep mentioning is chronic inflammation. What they're thinking about it is in a social behavior. And it, it's a drug that can change behavior, which makes, you know, it's great if you're staying around at a party drinking and talking to people, you're more relaxed. However, you could be so relaxed that your reflexes are slow. Mm. You could be so relaxed that you fall asleep, which makes things like driving a car or a motorcycle or a truck or all that kind of stuff really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and you should not be doing that. Um, there are effects of alcohol that people talk about. And most people, when they talk about the effects of alcohol, they, they, they think about things like blood alcohol content, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And this is the idea that there are um, amounts of alcohol that you can put into your body. And alcohol is metabolized, um, and we can talk about how that happens in a little bit. But the basic thinking of most people is if I put this drug that's gonna change my behavior in some way into my body for some amount of time, um, the effects on my behavior are only going to be influenced, the effect on my physiology and behavior, as long as the drug is in my system. Sure. And we can talk about, correct? Am I wrong mm-hmm. with that? And the idea is that my body is going to metabolize or catabolize um, this molecule. And when it clears it, when my blood alcohol content goes down, the effects of the alcohol are essentially over. Mm-hmm. You're nodding. Is that, you, do you agree that's what like, most people think that alcohol does? Yeah, I think it makes sense. I think... Um one thing people assume too is that if just done in small dosages every now and again, there might not be any problems, which we might be finding out later. That um, that's true. Some people talk about the protective effects of alcohol. Uh, there's a, the resveratrol idea about red wine, about mm-hmm. being healthy, as being part of the Mediterranean diet. Um, yes, there are a, a, a lot of stories about alcohol and things like that. But again, those are all, that's sort of the, the big picture of alcohol talking about it. What intrigued me about this particular paper, um, and you keep, you keep coming back to it, um, is the idea that the effects of alcohol can persist in, on certain cell types and certain things that are important for body functions long after the molecule has been cleared from the body. Now, to, to talk about that, we say, how is al- what, you know, alcohol is this very, very small molecule. How is it normally cleared by the, how is it normally metabolized? Most alcohol is metabolized in the liver. Most people know that. Um, alcohol is converted into something called acetaldehyde by alcohol dehydrogenase. There are all these different forms of alcohol dehydrogenase based on your sort of racial and ethnic backgrounds. And then the acetaldehyde that is formed is, but with, with an enzyme called aldehyde dehydrogenase has turned to acetate, which is part of like the, you know, carbohydrate metabolism and it's sort of removed from your body. That's the normal thing about alcohol. And people talk about blood alcohol content as the idea is as that process happens, as alcohol is changed into acetaldehyde and then acetate, it's removed from your body. The effects on the cells of your body um, are going to be over. It's going to be eliminated. And people say, oh, they sober up or they no longer 
feel that social lubricant. They no longer are drunk. They're no longer um, passed out or, um, <laughs> well, you can't wake up from being dead um, if you've done an overdose of this particular drug. Sure. Um, but in small to moderate consumption, sort of the social lubricants and the things that happen that alcohol um, be, are sort of, sort of well known. What's interesting about this paper that we're going to discuss in a few minutes in the next segment is they have an animal model here of, um, of, of one kind of alcohol consumption, which is not the acute alcohol consumption, it's the chronic alcohol consumption. Sure. So one kind of alcohol consumption is the acute kind where you go out to a party, you drink some alcohol, and then you come home. There's another kind of alcohol consumption, and this is sometimes the, there's different kinds of substance abuse disorders associated with alcohol. But one of those is people who are drinking every single day, mm -hmm. chronic, chronic exposure to alcohol, long times. And this particular paper used that model, an animal model of chronic alcohol consumption. And what they did was, is they measured some a specific sign of cell type, the, the monocyte cell line that we talked about. And then they took these animals off the alcohol. They made it go away. No more alcohol in their body. No more elevated blood alcohol. These people, I mean, these, these animals, if they could drive a car, would pass every, every kind of sobriety kind sure. of test. They're, they can walk the straight line, yeah, you know, yeah. one foot in front of another. Um, and so their cerebellar function would be intact. But the idea is there were the potential for these long-term changes in their physiology as a consequence of long-term alcohol exposure. And that's why the idea behind this paper intrigued me. And that's what we're going to talk about. Um, and we're going to do that after we take a break for some underwriting announcements. You're listening to 107.7 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. Health 411 Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on 1077 The Bronx is underwritten by Capital Health. If someone you loved was sick, how far would you go to make sure they got the best care? Your mother, your sister, your best friend, your neighbor, your son? How far would you go for doctors who will meet with you longer so they really get to know you and who collaborate across disciplines so that they can devise a plan of care that's uniquely right for you? There's no doctor too far, no care too distant, that you wouldn't go there. And for more than 100 years, so has Capital Health. From our hospitals in Trenton and Hopewell, to our primary care offices all across Mercer, Bucks, and Burlington counties, to right here at Ryder University, Capital Health has the team of doctors, nurses, experts, specialists, and staff that you can count on to care as much about your loved ones as you do. Because you'd go to the ends of the earth if someone you loved was sick. And so do we, Capital Health. There's no appointment needed for this doctor's visit. Now back to the all-new Health 411, underwritten by Capital Health, Minds Advancing medicine 107.7 the bronc and 1077 thebronccom welcome back to health 411 we're recording from the digital bronx studios and i'm professor jonathan cart um josh and i are having a conversation or we're going to continue our conversation and i promise josh not to monologue as much but we're going to talk about what inspired me to talk about this topic are the long-term effects of alcohol on physiology, potential effects of physiology, long after the alcohol is out of your body. And I read the title of the article that spurred me to talk about this last time, um, and it talked about a cell type called a monocyte. Have you heard about, what's a monocyte? Have That's you heard it. about these guys before? Yeah, yeah, it's um, part of the innate immune system, correct? You have your macrophages and your dendritic cells. Are you telling me or you have question? You're asking me a question. I can't tell by your voice. It was a uh, 
<laughs> questioning guests. Oh, that, that's fair. So monocytes are uh, a type of cell that's derived from the bone marrow. Okay? As a lot of the, you know, not only red blood cells, stuff like that, but white blood cells, cells of the immune system, mm-hmm. are often bone marrow derived. Monocytes, um, uh, there's a couple different types of them, and they're identified um, by sort of the, their cell, their CD numbers and these things they make, these clusters of determinants, of kind of, you know, that are the, all these numbers. And we're not going to have to go into a lot of those details. But traditionally, monocytes are sort of these circulating cells that are involved with um, immune responses. On one level, it, for uh, you mentioned the innate immune system, they're involved with that, but they're also involved with the um, the specific immune system. So. People who study the immune system have divided it into different sort of areas where you have sort of this immune system that's non-specific, mm-hmm. that's sort of like mucus, tears, sweat, all this kind of stuff. But there's also a part of the immune system that's involved with antigen-specific responses. Mm-hmm. The idea that if you're exposed to something you haven't been exposed before, it can generate an immune response to it. And there's you know memory and all this kind of stuff that comes from that. Monocytes are involved with both of those arms. Sure. Not only are they involved with recognizing and blocking foreign things from getting in, but they're also involved with um, part of the specific immune system um, that's involved with um, antigen presentation. So a monocyte that has not been activated is a monocyte. When it becomes activated, it becomes a macrophage. Mm -hmm. Make sense? Yes. And, And macrophages are involved with taking in antigens, gobbling them up, and then presenting them on their cell surface so the other cells like T cells of the immune system and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Monocytes are also involved with identifying foreign things that get into your body and secreting uh, chemokines and cytokines and things like that that are involved with innate immunity, and they help recruit other kinds of... Um, um, there's a whole complement of these things. But it, it helps recruit cells to sites of infection and things like that. Mm-hmm. That's probably what you were talking about, right? Yeah. yeah. Cool. So... After all that, hopefully what you're hearing is these monocytes, which are bone marrow derived, are important parts of the immune system that are involved with regulating sort of the magnitude and the type of immune responses that are, that are happening. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Is, yeah. that, is, that, is that sort of what you've learned? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you kept talking about this, like um, when, I, when I was talking about the effect of alcohol before, you kept saying the word inflammation. Mm-hmm. Why did why why did you keep saying that? On your back. I, I, I didn't want to emphasize that in the beginning. Oh yeah, absolutely. but like what 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 were you coming at with that? Uh, as a as a former nutrition major back in the day, when I hear alcohol, the first thing I think of is inflammation. Right? These the people. The first who, thing you think of. Wow. That's not the things I, not, not, the, not, not the things I was babbling about. Oh, I mean <laughs> that too. Well, you know. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's been a big buzzword in just the general health and wellness community for a lot of years, this idea of, you know, chronic inflammation leading to, you know, all-cause mortality being very closely related to, like, when people die, things like that. Just chronic inflammation being a really bad thing. You see a lot of fad diets. They're, they're one of their main things being uh, 
prevents inflammation, prevents chronic inflammation. Yeah, I think there actually is a diet, one of those fad diets called the anti-inflammatory diet. Yeah, I think absolutely. Either. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it doesn't involve any alcohol. That's uh, for sure. In fact, most of these fad diets tell you not to drink alcohol or, or do it in very moderate amounts. Probably a good reason for that. And, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. But we, we, that that could be a whole. If if that's something you're interested in, we could have a whole other conversations about those sort of things. Um, but right now, what I found sort of interesting and why I picked that paper um, was that, you know, alcohol drinking is very, very widespread. These monocytes are these bone marrow-derived things that it's been well known among the many effects of alcohol is their physiology and hence the behavior of these cells that are important for immunity can be influenced by alcohol when alcohol is in the system. Mm -hmm. But not the only thing. Cells in your brain are affected by behavior changes. Cells in your all over, a whole bunch of physiological changes. But like I said, one of the interesting things about alcohol is most people assume that when alcohol is metabolized, and mm -hmm. it's con converted into these things that don't have these effects, the effects of alcohol are over. This seems not to be the case with these type of cells, which are the monocytes, which come from your bone marrow. The effects that people talk about of alcohol, whether it's you know, physiology, behavior, stress relief, people usually aren't talking about your bone marrow, right? Mm -hmm. But you have bone marrow-derived cells that are influenced by alcohol. And what's interesting in this particular model, do you remember what was studied here, this alcohol model? What kind of critters did they do? These were monkeys, mm. right? And what was interesting about these kinds of monkeys um, were these monkeys were put on a chronic diet of alcohol, mm -hmm. right? How long did the, so you remember this? Do you remember the details of this? You're shaking your head now, okay. So in this particular study, they gave monkeys alcohol to drink sort of chronically. Mm -hmm. They gave them an amount of alcohol. The dose um, escapes me at this particular time, but they basically kept them on um, an alcohol diet for 12 months. So these animals were sort of like chronic alcohol monkeys, mm -hmm. right? And, they, and if you do that, this has been done before, done with all sorts of other animals. Almost every vertebrate out there will drink alcohol because mm -hmm. it has the same, you know, activates the mesolimbic dopamine system. It makes the animals feel good. They'll drink lots and lots of it. But these monkeys were given chronic alcohol for a year. Mm -hmm. And what they then did, and that's not the interesting part of this study, what they then did was took the monkeys off alcohol, took the alcohol away for a month. And then they collected some of these monocytes mm -hmm. from the bone marrow. So these are these the cells, these are these progenitor cells, these are the newly formed monocytes that are being made in the bone marrow, about to be released into the circulation to be involved with both the you know, nonspecific and specific immunity, generate the magnitude of immune responses. And then they measured the function of these monocytes long after, a month after, the alcohol was gone for the system. That's why I found this particular paper interesting. Mm -hmm. Because if you asked, I think if you asked the person on the street, you know, how long do the effects of alcohol last? They'll say, well, you know, I've, the, all these things happen when the alcohol is out of my system, whether it's hours or days later, mm -hmm. the effects of alcohol are over. And that's what we were um, 
wanting to talk about today because they found some effects that a month after alcohol was gone, some effects on these monocytes were still happening and still there. So that's what we're going to come back and talk about. And that's what I thought was sort of cool. Um, so we'll be right back with Health 411 after some brief underwriting announcements. You're listening to 107.7 The Bronx and 107.7 Health 411 Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on 1077 The Bronx is underwritten by Capital Health. If someone you loved was sick, how far would you go to make sure they got the best care? Your mother, your sister, your best friend, your neighbor, your son? How far would you go for doctors who will meet with you longer so they really get to know you and who collaborate across disciplines so that they can devise a plan of care that's uniquely right for you? There's no doctor too far, no care too distant, that you wouldn't go there. And for more than 100 years, so has Capital Health. From our hospitals in Trenton and Hopewell, to our primary care offices all across Mercer, Bucks, and Burlington counties, to right here at Ryder University, Capital Health has the team of doctors, nurses, experts, specialists, and staff that you can count on to care as much about your loved ones as you do. Because you'd go to the ends of the earth if someone you loved was sick. And so do we, Capital Health. There's no appointment needed for this doctor's visit. Now back to the all-new Health 411, underwritten by Capital Health, Minds Advancing Medicine. 107.7 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. You're listening to Health 411. Josh Brew and I are going to continue our conversation about monocytes. Um, in the last segment, I sort of did a brief overview of this paper um, that looked at the effect of chronic alcohol consumption for uh, 12 months, a year, in some monkeys. And what they did with these monkeys is they took the animals off the alcohol, right? This is the essence of the paper. Mm -hmm. And then they measured a whole bunch of functions related to these monocytes a year after, I mean, not a year, um, a month after the, the, the alcohol was removed. Mm -hmm. And what, so what kind of things started to happen to these cells in the absence of alcohol? Um, Do you remember? Yeah, I think I remember reading that um, they weren't, differentiated correctly and some of the monocytes were acting more like neutrophils causing more sort of widespread damage compared to what they normally would. Okay, so I wouldn't say damage. So mm -hmm. the way they did this particular study, and this is, um, this is a, a typical thing that's done, is they collected the cells from the animals and they did things like they counted the cells and then they looked at the different subtypes of the cells and then they looked at the capabilities of the cells in vitro. Mm -hmm. Okay, and this is an important thing to think about that these kinds of things, because what you're, when you take cells out of the environment in which they normally work, out of like the bone marrow, out of the blood, and then you test them, you can look at sort of the kinds of cells that are there, you can look at their capabilities, mm -hmm. you look at the kind of things that they can do, um, but it just, all it really doing is it's looking at the capabilities of the cells inside the animal in vivo, it's not telling you exactly what they do in mm -hmm. vivo. And that's, a, that's an important thing about this cell, about this paper and any kind of in vitro kind of study. In this case, they collected these monocytes, the cells that are gonna become monocytes and these young monocytes from the bone marrow and, and also the blood, and they looked at the features of these cells. Mm -hmm. right? Now, they were still monocytes, and people know that alcohol has this acute changes. It causes oxidative stress. Can all these and monocytes are affected by that? Um, but what was happening is is that the cells that are there in the bone marrow that make more and more monocytes, mm -hmm. sort of the, the you know the 
the progenitor cells that mm -hmm. do these kind of things. What they started seeing is that those cells and the monocytes produced by them were changing. Chronic alcohol exposure started to change the phenotype of the cells of the monocyte lineage. Mm -hmm. It didn't turn them into, like the numbers of cells stayed the same, but what they found out was the capabilities of these cells were, in a sense, altered, and they don't know if it's permanently altered forever, whether these effects would be gone in another six months, in another year, or another two years, but a year of alcohol exposure changed the cells that are produced in the, monos in the monocyte lineage that can have a lot of long-term downstream effects mm -hmm. um, on, on the ability of the immune system to respond. And going back to what you were hinting at before is that these, mon these monocytes that were derived from these animals, right, um, were functionally different. They were sort of now designed, right, to, to generate higher or larger inflammatory responses. Mm -hmm. And the way that they were doing that is by the secretion of like some pro-inflammatory cytokines, mm -hmm. right? Um, what's interesting is that the number of cells didn't change, but the cells that were there um, were generated to make more cytokines potentially upon stimulation. Mm -hmm. um, and the cytokines were sort of specific and some of them were sort of the pro-inflammatory ones. But this was based on sort of the markers, these CD markers that were on the, the sort of the monocytes that are being produced. What this ended up being is sort of a epigenetic change, mm -hmm. right? Now, have you ever heard of epigenetics before? The fancy word. Vaguely. Okay, so epigenetics is the idea is that changes in cell function mm -hmm. can happen, right, without changing the DNA of a cell, mm -hmm. right? It's a little bit Lamarckian, but it's the idea that the environment in which cells are exposed to can change what the cells do. And so epigenetics is basically what genes are turned on and what genes are turned off. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to express different cell markers on the outsides of cells, which are basically different proteins, the idea is that long-term exposure to alcohol in this monocyte lineage without changing the DNA of the cells mm -hmm. changed what the monocyte, what pro, what you know, DNA makes RNA makes protein, remember mm -hmm. that? It was changing what these monocytes were capable of doing, what proteins they were making. Mm -hmm. And some of the things that were changing them were things, for example, a high, the ability to make more IL-6, right? More tumor necrosis factor alpha, which are pro-inflammatory cytokines mm -hmm. early on, right? Um, and this is over and above the effects of um, alcohol directly on these cells. So it's shifting the the profile per se from sort of these monocytes that are a bit less reactive to making them more and more reactive. Mm -hmm. um, and why might cytokine profiles be important for what monocytes are doing? Um, well, it's kind of reminiscent of like an autoimmune disease. So you want... Remember, we're not, they didn't get to the disease part, mm -hmm. right? So they're just looking at the capabilities mm -hmm. of these cells. Well, yeah, and, but you and, want... and you were right when you said you make these monocytes uh, can be a little bit more neutrophil-like, mm -hmm. which is another, another kind of cell there, um, and away from the dendritic cell sort of monocyte type, mm -hmm. which is more of the presenting, antigen-presenting mm -hmm. kind of cell. You're nodding. So, so, so it, if you have changed... The, the DNA makes RNA 
expression of a cell. Mm-hmm. What does that tell you about the cell? Um, yeah, I mean, if it gets changed, it might not do its job correctly. So it might not fight off the correct things. It might not. I wouldn't say correctly, but it's going to do it differently. Differently. It's mm-hmm. right. You take a cell that's designed to do the DNA makes RNA makes protein in a certain sort of way. You expose the cells from which that came to, which designed that cell mm-hmm. to long-term exposure to alcohol for a year. Even if you take alcohol away, some of the effects of alcohol are now long lived mm-hmm. and they're still there. And what that can do is alter the way that those cells can respond, potentially respond to what the immune system is designed to attack, like foreign things and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Now, pro-inflammatory cytokines, right, can influence the direction and the magnitude of immune response. Mm-hmm. And if you go upstream from just the monocytes, the cytokine profile influences the type of immune response that is dominant in specific immunity, for example, mm-hmm. whether it's a more of a cell-mediated response or a humoral response. Now, humoral response are designed to sort of affect, to, to attack um, extracellular pathogens. Mm-hmm. And then a cell-mediated response in a simple way is designed to affect intracellular pathogens, mm-hmm. right? That's sort of cell-mediated. Cell um, it also has the ability, uh, if you start looking at, you know, neutrophils and stuff like to affect anti-cancer immunity in mm-hmm. long term after it's gone, um, which is the immune system being able to detect, you know, cells that have stopped being the kind of cell that, that you want it to be. So long term, at least the, the idea behind this paper, we're going to come back and talk about some of the implications after we take a break for some more um, underwriting announcements. Um, even in the absence of alcohol, alcohol did have a long term effect on this monocyte cell lineage. I will come back and we'll talk about what some of those effects might be after some underwriting, brief underwriting announcements. You're listening to 107.7 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. Health 411 Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on 1077 The Bronx is underwritten by Capital Health. If someone you loved was sick, how far would you go to make sure they got the best care? Your mother, your sister, your best friend, your neighbor, your son? How far would you go for doctors who will meet with you longer so they really get to know you and who collaborate across disciplines so that they can devise a plan of care that's uniquely right for you? There's no doctor too far, no care too distant, that you wouldn't go there. And for more than 100 years, so has Capital Health. From our hospitals in Trenton and Hopewell to our primary care offices all across Mercer, Bucks, and Burlington counties to right here at Ryder University, Capital Health has the team of doctors, nurses, experts, specialists, and staff that you can count on to care as much about your loved ones as you do. Because you'd go to the ends of the earth if someone you loved was sick. And so do we, Capital Health. There's no appointment needed for this doctor's visit. Now back to the all-new Health 411, underwritten by Capital Health, Minds Advancing Medicine. 107.7 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. This is Health 411, and I'm Professor Jonathan Karp, and we're continuing a conversation with Josh Brewer, and we're going to talk about the effect of alcohol on the monocyte lineage of immune cells long after the alcohol is gone. This is, a, this is a month after some monkeys were taken off their alcohol diet. Um, and so what do you think, like, based on what I was saying, if you have these epigenetic changes um, and you end up having circulating and tissue regiment, um, um monocytes and potentially macrophages working a little bit differently in the body than mm-hmm. they would have if their progenitor cells had not been exposed to alcohol, what, kind, what might you think are some of the long-term effects of this? Um, 
I could see it leading to uh, external pathogens being taken care of less quickly or less successfully. Um, just overall, the immune system not working quite right. Yeah, in a, in a sense, you're right. And in, 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 in even in humans who mm -hmm. are long-term alcoholics, is their immune system, using your words, working not right? Um, yeah, I mean, I can see that happening. We, we mentioned the chronic inflammation earlier, which is inflammation can be a really good thing when you have a cut or something to keep all of the bacteria secluded. But when it's constantly going on all over your body, it's sort of like this uh, stress response, inflammation response, then it could be worse downstream chronic disease effects, I would imagine. Yeah, and actually, if you look into some... Um even things like Alzheimer's disease and stuff like that, mm -hmm. long-term sub, you know, sub pathological inflammation seems at the hallmarks of diseases like that. Mm -hmm. Abs absolutely. Um, what you started off talking about, though, was it can alter the characteristics of an immune response mm -hmm. to either like a extracellular or intracellular pathogen kind of thing. And if you if the characteristics of the immune response are altered, mm -hmm. or if you have a viral pathogen and you have more of a humoral immune response, that might not lead to eradication or control of um, of the of the disease of, of the potential disease of the infection. Um, and those are all things that are sort of, if you looked up sort of the the long term health effects even in humans of chronic alcoholism, you see a lot of the ailments that people have. Mm -hmm. um, well, I mean, there used to be these nutritional ones that don't happen so much anymore, like Corsica syndrome. But there's the other ones that are sort of um, immunomodulatory influenced. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting about this kind of paper is it's showing that the effects of Alcoholism, except you have these like long-term alcoholic monkeys, mm -hmm. um, are not always due to the effect of alcohol directly on the cells of the immune response. Mm -hmm. And you sometimes hear that, you know, if you have an infection, you shouldn't drink alcohol because alcohol is going to change the infection, blah, 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 mm -hmm. blah, You know, it's going to increase bleeding and all these other kinds of things that happen. Um, it's going to suppress your immune system. Sometimes you hear that um, because alcoholics sometimes um, develop diseases that, you know. But what, what we're saying here is it might not necessarily be a suppressed immune system from long-term chronic alcoholism. It might just be the, the, the characteristics of what should be an appropriate and robust immune response being shifted. Mm -hmm. So if you have a suboptimal response, it's not necessarily immunosuppressive. It's like the response could just be immuno enhancing but in an in an inappropriate way mm -hmm. and you're you're nodding but I, one of the things that that was really hot when I was a postdoc one of the things I did in my postdoctoral research back in those days people used to talk about th1 and th2 like immune responses mm -hmm. you you've heard of that kind of things get passing in, in passing so th2 was the humoral kind of immune response and th1 was the cell media kind of response. and t helper cells mm -hmm. were kind of these after antigens presented the kind of cells that are generated and so what happens is you had these these cells that had the certain cells had the capabilities to direct t helper cells direct immune responses in the humor or simulated direction and back in those days people let cytokines were the, the main factors in that mm -hmm. um you know where there were they were 
cytokines characteristic of humoral responses like you know IL-4, cytokines characteristic of cell-mediated responses like TNF-alpha and, and things like that. And then the kinds of antigen, the antigen presentation would direct immune responses in those two directions. So it was sort of like a, um, a seesaw mm-hmm. on a fulcrum, right? Immune responses can go in one direction or the other. Mm-hmm. And when people talk about immuno-enhancing or um, immunosuppressive, it's like if you're it depends on what you measure. Something that can, let's say, suppress the cytokine profile for one kind of immune response is actually enhancing the other. Mm-hmm. But if you're enhancing the inappropriate immune response, then what's happening, you do not have optimal like microbial, or your, your microbial, let's just call it antigen clearance, mm-hmm. whenever it may, what may be. And what's really cool about this, and, it, and they said none of this was done in disease, none of this was done with antigen challenge. They took these monocytes out of the animal and they looked at what cell markers they were making, so what proteins they were making to express on their cell surface. Mm-hmm. And they looked at their capabilities to produce the chemicals that, that monocytes use to communicate um, with other cells in the immune system like chemokines and, and cytokines. Mm-hmm. And so the capabilities of these monocyte cells were long-term altered, even if the alcohol was gone, by epigenetic mechanisms. Whether it's histone modifications, whether it's methylation, um, it, it, that wasn't kind of determined in this study. And those are the two most common mechanisms of epigenetic changes. Changes in what cells do in the absence of changing the genetic material. And that's why I thought this was a cool paper mm-hmm. kind of thing. Now, what do they need to do? Well, this paper was done on some male and female monkeys. Most of the cells came from male monkeys. They don't know if these effects would be gone in three months, six months, nine months. Mm-hmm. They also don't know if these characteristic changes are actually uh, significant enough to influence um, longevity and influence disease. Remember, they didn't challenge any of these animals um, in their colony with any disease pathogens or things like that. So there's a lot of things to follow up. There's mm-hmm. a lot of questions uh, remaining to be asked, but I just thought it was really, really cool. Yeah, cool place to effect, branch from, right? The, yeah. Right, and you see how science sort of starts. It's like, you know, taking these really, really tiny steps, asking really small questions at a time. But it's looking at what this paper did is it opened up, in a sense, an area of research that says the effects of alcohol on immunology um, can be affected even after the alcohol is gone. And I think that's a sort of a unique way of looking at what alcohol actually does to the system. Mm-hmm. And it goes way beyond, you know, what kinds of enzymes you have in your liver and other parts of your body that are metabolizing the alcohol. Because, you know, alcohol is this really tiny molecule and it can cause epigenetic changes in animals. And I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. What do you think? You're nodding. You think it's cool or am I making this out? No, no, I do think it's cool. I think um, I'd be interested to see how it just affects um how easily people get disease if they are chronically alcoholic. Um, I think it has a lot of really interesting things to say about, um, you know, how alcohol affects us in the long term rather than just, again, like the car accidents and things that people normally think of. It's, um, you know, there are longer term effects as well. So I'd be interested to see where, um, where this leads. Cool. We can do that. 
you know, remember this paper when you, you know, in a couple semesters when you take an immunology class, mm-hmm. you can you can base a lot of things on it. Um, but that seems like a good place for us to end the program. This is 107.7 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. We're recording Health 411 from the Digital Bronx Studios. Thank you for listening. This program is part of Capital Health and Rider University's efforts to bring people together to address issues associated with all aspects of health and healthcare. Um, I hope today's conversation has helped, give, helped inform you and given you some, some things to think about um, related to long-term chronic alcoholics, um, alcoholism and its effect on progenitor cells and monocytes and perhaps other cells of the body. If you have questions and or comments about this program and want to make suggestions for future broadcasts, please email us at health411 at rider.edu. Remember, you have a doctor's appointment scheduled for every Sunday at 10 a.m. Don't miss the all-new Health 411 with Dr. Jonathan Karp and our expert medical guest from Capital Health. You can listen to Health 411 anytime on demand. Go to 1077thebronc.com slash health411 to listen to past episodes or tune in every Thursday at 9 a.m. to hear the weekend rewind edition of Health 411. Health 411 on 1077thebronc is underwritten by Capital Health, Minds Advancing Medicine. Capital Health is the region's leader in providing progressive quality patient care with exceptional physicians, nurses, and staff as well as advanced technology.